0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. This morning, the liturgical calendar celebrates our belief and conviction in the Holy Trinity as <clears throat> the nature of God. And um, don't worry, I'm not going to try to explain the Holy Trinity to you. Someone said, "If 51 weeks out of the week you're not talking about the Holy Trinity, just taking one to try to explain it doesn't seem to make much sense." And If you're talking about the Trinity the other 51 weeks, you don't need to take one week to try to explain a complicated math problem. Christians have this belief that there is but one God, but this God is three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's a conviction about the nature of God that puts us into contrast with um, some of the other Abrahamic faiths, the Jews and the Muslims who have a conviction that there's one God when they hear us talk about the, the God, they say, oh, you don't have one God, you have three. Hindus who believe in many gods hear us talking about uh, multiple gods, like, go, oh, you get it. And we're like, no, 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 there's just one God but three persons. <laughs> and some <clears throat> Christian groups like the uh, Church of Latter-day Saints, Jehovah's Witness, and some Pentecostal churches uh, don't uh, believe in the Trinity. And yet we believe it's foundational to the nature of God. But why? Why did we get to this point in which we have this confusing math problem? The disciples after Easter experienced Jesus in a real and a powerful way. This one that they had seen die on the cross. This one that they had seen placed into a tomb. They saw and they talked to. They prayed with. They ate with. They walked with. Jesus, they knew, was not held in the tomb, but Jesus was alive. And if Jesus was alive, then it meant to them that Jesus had to be more than a prophet who called people back into relationship with God. That Jesus was more than a rabbi who taught people the ways of God. That there was something unique about this Jesus. That in his teachings, he often equated himself with God. And on Pentecost, as they experienced the coming of the Holy Spirit in their lives in a real and profound way. In which they saw the Spirit of God pour out on all flesh. They saw that the Holy Spirit was something that was divine as well. And so for the next several centuries, they argued and they debated and they wrestled and they fought over how do we say that, 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 that the one in whom Jesus called Father... How is that one in Jesus related and what do we do with the Holy Spirit? The Trinity is a mystery, not a mystery like a Scooby-Doo mystery where at the end of it you pull the mask off to see who the real person was, like we're supposed to do that with, oh, so this is who God is. But the Trinity is mystery and something that has been revealed to us, something that was foundational and true from the beginning of time, but in the course of time was revealed to us. The Trinity tells us that God is a relationship within God's very own being. This is important for us pastorally because it tells us that we are created not like some of the pagans were created because God wanted to say, hmm, I wonder what would happen if we made some human beings. That could be kind of fun. The story of creation is is that God created us out of love, out of divine love, that we are created out of love and for love. Some of the pagans thought that human beings were just some divine stuff that accidentally fell off. But there's an intentionality and a purpose in our creation when we are created in the image of God it is a creation that is done out of love and for love. Love for God and love for one another. That God created us to be in relationship not only with one another, but also with God. We tend as human beings to like to spend our time thinking about God. Here, let me read this book about prayer. Or let me read this book about Jesus. But really what is called for is for us to know God. Not know about God, but to know God in a real and profound way. To be in relationship with this God. This God who knows everything about us. This God for whom there are no secrets that we can hide from. That we are invited to be in this deep relationship. Ruth Burroughs, or excuse me, von Balthasar, before I get to Ruth, let me get to von Balthazar. Von Balthazar said that much of our spiritual lives are like people who watch other people eat and wonder why they're not ever full. He says our spiritual lives are watching somebody else eating and wondering why our stomachs are not full. And he says it's because we are not eating. So we sit there and we, 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 we watch people experience God. We read about people experiencing God, but we never tried to do it ourselves. And so for von Balthasar, the transition is for us to enter into this relationship with God. The one Ruth Burroughs says is that faith is not a part of our, right? It's not a mental mental ascent. It's not an intellectual certainty. Nor is it some kind of warm stirring in our heart. Although all of those may be a part of our faith, those individually are not it. She says that faith is a sustained decision to take God with utter seriousness as the God of our life. It is to live out the hours in practical, concrete affirmation that God is Father as he is in heaven. It's a decision to shift the center of our life away from ourselves to God to forgo self-interest, and to make God's interest our interest. She goes on to say that to commit ourselves to Jesus and the Father whom he reveals means a deliberate choosing to move away from ourselves, to refuse to stand on ourselves, and to be our own judge. We have to discover Jesus' vision and make Jesus' vision our own vision no matter what our senses and our reason tell us. It means trying to live our human lives in obedience to God. It is a, it is a faith that is rooted in love. It is, it is rooted in a love to choose. A love that moves us outside of ourselves. And it is a love that causes us to surrender to God. Sometimes I think that we often get the Trinity wrong and that we break it apart and we see God as this angry, vengeful character who is here to punish us, but thank God we have Jesus that protects us from God. And much of our evangelism has been built on this in the Christian tradition. God wants to punish you for what you have done. Right now, if anyone here could do some hellfire and brimstone, come up and you can take my place. But that does not reveal the God of love that is found in the New Testament. Jesus reveals who God is. Sometimes I think that we think that we get these fleeting moments of God as this charitable and grace-filled person, but in reality, God is angry with us, and and the Trinity tells us, no, that God is a God that loves us, not a God who is angry at us. The late Reformed theologian Thomas Torrance tells a story uh, while he was serving as a chaplain in World War II. He comes up to a man in Italy who is dying on the battlefield, and the man grabs Torrance's arm and says, Padre, is God really like Jesus? Torrance said what a chaplain would say at that moment and said, yes. But it was that wrestling, is God really like Jesus, that he committed the rest of his life to? And in the end, what he said is, is that God cannot be different from Jesus, So if we want to know what God looks like, then we just need to see the face of Jesus. The Jesus who went and sat down with the sinners and ate with them. The Jesus who welcomed the prostitute to the table. Jesus who was found among the homeless and the destitute and the poor. Jesus, the one that was found among the people whose lives were broken and lives were falling apart. That if we want to know what God is like, we have to be found with the people that Jesus was with. More importantly, as Burroughs would have said, that we have to realize that we are one of those broken, sinful people and that our deepest desire is for Jesus to come and sit at table with us. No, the great danger for us to do is to think that God is some holy other that has nothing to do with us or our lives. And Jesus tells us that in this, this, this revelation of Trinity that God has created us for relationship with God and created us for relationship with one another. It's an invitation for us to open ourselves to be vulnerable about the reality of our brokenness and our shortfallings and enter into the God who created us out of love and welcomes us always. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org and peace be with you.